What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show. It is Thursday, November 9th. I'm happy to be talking to all of you again. I took Tuesday off. I took yesterday off. A nice couple days off. I flew back from Vegas on, it was Tuesday. I lose track of my days. I came back to Miami on Tuesday. I had my monthly poker tournament at the Hard Rock. Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. That was on Tuesday night. We set a new record. So many people coming out for my poker tournament. And I really, really do appreciate that. A lot of you don't even want to talk about sports. You just want to talk about traveling and my friends. But hey, whatever you want to discuss, it's all good. Especially... Now that wagering is legal in the state of Florida. How about that? What did I tell you guys? While everyone else was saying, oh, there's got to be another court ruling before the Seminoles can go. And okay, they announced December 7th. It's going to start in person with craps and roulette as well. But no announcement about online betting. The only report out there is the The one from Andy Slater. Come on. I know all of you in this audience are smart enough. You're smart enough to understand when you hear the words Slater's scoop. It is a done deal. Batting a thousand. But some people not. I'm not saying you guys. Social media people, freaks on formerly Twitter, which is now X. Oh, well, I don't know if we could believe you. Uh, The Seminoles say it's not going to happen. They're not giving out any more information. And this lawyer is saying this and that lawyer is saying that. I hope you guys are enjoying the app. And I also did tell you here on this show that for the first few weeks, it would only be available to a limited amount of people, people who had the app previously and wagered on it, or you're a Unity member, so you're a member of the Hard Rock Rewards Program. And that's exactly how it rolled out. I I trust my sources. If I didn't trust my sources... I wouldn't go with information. I had multiple sources on this one. Somebody sent me a tweet on Tuesday when it first went live. They sent me a tweet saying, hey, Andy, great job for sticking your neck out there on this one. You were right. And my response to that was, I didn't stick my neck out on this one. I knew what was going on. I don't stick my neck out on anything that I report. Sticking your neck out is like, oh, you're taking a chance. This wasn't a chance. There was no chance. This was 100% certain. So I'm, I'm happy that you guys are happy. I cannot use the app right now. I did use it on Tuesday because I was in Florida. I flew from Vegas to Miami on Tuesday. When I got the word that the app had officially launched. I was in I was in the airport lounge when I sent out that tweet. 
the airport lounge in Vegas. So I could only tweet the news out. I couldn't tweet out a betting ticket of mine because I wasn't in Florida. So I couldn't actually use the app to wager. I think I was the first person ever to fly from Vegas to Florida to put in a sports wager. So here's this app. I can't use it in Vegas. I'm flying from Vegas to Miami. And the minute I land, I was still on the plane. The minute I landed, I went on to the app. And it worked perfectly. Right now, I can't use the app because I'm doing the show this afternoon from lovely Medellin. Colombia! So... The Hard Rock Bet app is not going to work for me here. They've got wagering in the supermarket here, which I'll stick to. I'd like to buy some uh, salmon, and I'll take this three-team parlay when I go in the checkout line, which is pretty cool. But the Hard Rock app, I, I love that it's operating now in Florida. And I'll be in South Florida a lot over the next uh, six weeks or so. Holiday time, I'll be doing my show from outside the ballroom where the World Poker Tour is going to be in town. The uh, events that are going to be happening, the poker events, they're going to be amazing. It's like a two-week period of tons of poker tournaments, big-time tournaments, including the main event with the World Poker Tour uh, right after Thanksgiving. So I'm going to be doing three shows from outside the ballroom. The week of Thanksgiving, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you can come by and say hello. I'm going to be playing in poker tournaments as well at the Hard Rock, and then I'll be around a lot in December too. This week, or the past five or six days, has been really crazy, at least for me and not being able to join you guys the last couple of days. So like I said, I'm in Medellin right now. I was in Medellin on Thursday, last Thursday. And then I flew to another city, uh, Pereira, which is a smaller Colombian city. Uh, Then on uh, last Friday, I flew from Pereira to Miami. Uh, Then Saturday, I flew from Miami to Vegas. Tuesday, I flew from Vegas to Miami. And then yesterday morning, which was Wednesday, I flew from Miami to here in Medellin. And I'll be flying back to Miami Saturday Uh, for the weekend. The Dolphins have a bye week, so I'm going to take next Monday off. I've got some traveling and some uh, other obligations, uh, but I will be back with you next Tuesday. So I'm here today, obviously. I'll be with you tomorrow. I'm going to be off on Monday, but then I'll be back with you on Tuesday of next week. See, we're just in the countdown to the holidays. When you get towards the middle of November, we'll have Thanksgiving coming up. It's right around the corner. Then it'll be Hanukkah, Christmas. Everything's sneaking up on us. Before you know it, it'll be 2024. I love this time of the year because a lot of people are taking time off. Things are slowing down at your job. Maybe you're busy right now, but eventually nobody's going to want to work. You're going to want to spend time with your family or you want to... You're going to want to go away from your family, like travel somewhere. Uh, The airports will be crowded. Just it's that time of the year where some of us get lazy 
some of us want to finish up the year strong. I know I want to finish up the year strong. I know I want our sports teams to finish up 2023 very strong. We got a lot going on sports-wise. Even though the Dolphins don't play Sunday, we still got Miami FSU coming up in two days from now. We've also got the Miami Heat playing 9 out of 10 on the road and now dealing with an injury to Tyler Hero. The Panthers are in action. They got an overtime win in D.C. last night. College basketball going on. FAU with a nice win over Loyola Chicago. A couple people sent me a message yesterday before that game. How was FAU only a four and a half point favorite? It went up to about six and a half or seven and a half. But why are they such a small favorite considering they're really, really good? And if you took FAU, you did very well. FAU, I wonder if at any point this season, they'll be a top three team in the country. Right now, they're 10th. Can they be top three? And I'm also excited about the University of Miami. But let me be clear. I'm talking about the basketball team. Because the University of Miami football team. (laughs) Are Canes fans excited about Saturday? The rivalry? FSU week? I don't hear a lot of excitement. Although if there was a lot of excitement, I wouldn't be able to hear it right now anyway because I've got my headset on and I can't really hear anything other than my own words. And I got a lot of words. I got a lot of things to say, but I can't say anything else until this hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. You know what we got right now? We've got the biggest week of the Miami Hurricanes football season. And that's where I want to start. I know the Canes are 6-3. and three. I know the Canes have already lost three conference games, including one of the dumbest losses in the history of football. Take a knee, Mario. But Miami, I feel, has to have a strong showing at FSU. I'm not saying the Canes have to win. Nobody's beaten the Seminoles this year. They're 9-0. They're already in the ACC title game. Jordan Travis is a quarterback who knows what he's doing. And keep in mind, last season... This game was at Hard Rock Stadium, and the Canes got demolished, 45-3. to And the game wasn't even that close. (laughs) 45-3? It should have been like 90-3. 45-3, FSU was just being like, okay, we're not going to really go off on you. We'll beat you bad, but this could be a lot worse. But here's why I think Saturday matters so much. Even though the difference between seven and three and six and four isn't that great, 
the reason it matters is I have felt all season long like the Canes are making progress. There's areas of this team that are better than they were last year. I think both lines, offensive and defensive lines, have been much better. As a unit, the O-line is very much improved. Size-wise, strength-wise, technique-wise, all of it. And then on the other side of the ball, Ruben Bain, he is a talent. He's got top 10, maybe even top 5 draft pick written all over him. And he's got help along that line. I see plenty of playmakers. And then you look at the running backs. I feel like the running back situation is a lot better. Mark Fletcher Jr., he's the main guy. And for a true freshman, he's really good. He had 115 last week. He was ACC Rookie of the Week. The dude's got skills. Also, Allen has had his moments. I just feel the Canes are much better in the backfield. If Miami goes out on Saturday and they get blasted, which absolutely could happen, if the Canes get destroyed, I feel like all that progress, all that growth, all the steps forward, they're not going to feel like steps forward. Because what did this season accomplish? The Canes beat Texas A&M on a down year. They beat the worst version of Clemson that we've seen in a long time. And if Miami gets demolished by Florida State, what are you going to say about any accomplishments for this season? Okay, yeah, they got better here, they got better there, but they're going out there and they're getting demolished. Now, on the other hand, if Miami can make it a really good game, at least keep it close until the end, that would show growth. Canes fans can say, yeah, we're not there, but look at how good FSU is this season. Look at how close we are. Yeah, there's no moral victories, but I just feel like this game Saturday it could be a step to betterville. Now, while I could sit here and talk about better, I have to say that the quarterback position, the passing game, has not been better at all. It hasn't even been the same. It's gotten worse. There's no sugarcoating this. I don't know where Tyler Van Dyke's confidence went, but that that guy's lost it. I don't know where the play calling is gone that facilitates his confidence. I have no idea what has happened, but Tyler Van Dyke, he's either just not himself this season or he is himself, and I and many others were very wrong about him. I can't even talk about progression. I can only talk about regression. And the regression by Tyler Van Dyke, to me, is sort of a mystery. His first year, he comes in, he's remarkable. I'm on this program talking about this guy looks like a first-round pick. Maybe top 10 or 15. 
Then he comes back the following season, and the thought is, hey, Mario's inheriting a really good quarterback. Heck, maybe that's even a reason, like one of the 81 million reasons, because 80 million would be every million dollars. But maybe the other reason, the 81st reason is, I got myself a quarterback. So Tyler comes back, and the thought is, maybe the Canes can contend. Maybe he'll do something big. They'll be able to contend because he's at the University of Miami, and he was terrible. So then comes this year. Tyler Van Dyke, this dude comes out like gangbusters. He was very good early in the season, particularly in the Aggies game. He was tremendous. Then the bottom falls out. Maybe injuries have been a factor, but he's been a turnover machine. He doesn't look confident. He locks into one receiver, usually Restrepo, and that's all he does. It's almost as if when Mario comes up with his game plan for Saturday, instead of saying, okay, let's use Tyler Van Dyke and some of these really good receivers, Young, George, Restrepo, all these guys, instead of using his dudes, the plan is how can we minimize the amount that we're going to count on Tyler Van Dyke and still be able to win this game? That's what it seems like. Because now, instead of saying, all right, how are we going to get our quarterback to win this? It's more like, how are we going to win this without using our quarterback? I feel like Mario and the staff is now coaching around him. The season is lost. If you play well against FSU, okay, there's some hope there. But what are the Canes really playing for the rest of the year? You're playing for pride. You want to finish strong. You want to take some momentum into next season. We know that they're bigger and better and badder along the lines, and that is a huge difference. I want the lines to show out against the Seminoles. I don't think Miami will win. I don't think Miami can win. In fact, I think that line of, what is it, 14 and a half? I think that's too low. I really do. If I'm betting on this game, I'm betting on the Seminoles. Not that I'm rooting for the Seminoles. I mean, if I wagered on them, I would definitely root for them. I just don't think the Canes will be able to keep it close. Florida State is just too good. I know Miami can run the ball, and by running the ball, if Mario was smart, that would let them control the clock. Miami can have several good running backs going at Florida State. Maybe the defense can keep Jordan Travis in check, but there's a lot of maybes there. If Miami loses and it's not a blowout, let's say it's something more respectable, then you've got something to hang on to. But if FSU pulls away and they just annihilate the Canes, 
I don't know what Mario is going to be able to show recruits. If they keep it close, he could say, hey, I know we lost to Florida State, but look at how close we are. We're close, and you can be the difference maker. You can get us over that hump. That is a great recruiting pitch. But if Miami doesn't show up on Saturday, Mario can't make that recruiting pitch. He's going to have to go into a house and say, look, we need you, and we need your entire family. That sounds reminiscent of Ted Ginn Jr., doesn't it? Sorry about that. All right, well, I told you that I'm going to be at the Hard Rock for their upcoming poker series, the Seminole Hard Rock Rock and Roll Poker Open. It is just six days away. The first event begins on November 15th. It goes for two weeks. The main event is part of the World Poker Tour. The first event, though, has a $2 million guarantee prize pool, and it's only 400 bucks to buy in. I hope to see you guys at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. The Rock and Roll Poker Open is going to be taking place in the ballroom. So you go to the ballroom area. You're going to have all these tables there. It's going to be a fantastic time. The week of Thanksgiving, I'll be doing my shows from there Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I'm looking forward to that as well. So join me and join so many others, including poker players you see on television all of the time. It is the Rock and Roll Poker Open at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. It starts next week. It is six days away and goes for two weeks. I hope to see you out there for the Rock and Roll Poker Open at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood for all the info for every single tournament happening, the entire schedule, visit SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com. That's SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com. I remember for many, many, many years, when it was FSU week, everybody in Miami was excited. Oh, they're going to take on the Seminoles. It's going to be prime time, national television, such a big game. Throughout the entire week, we'd be hearing the FSU chant. And now, I don't know how it is in Tallahassee because I've only been to Tallahassee once in my life, actually twice. And the last time was about 20-something years ago. I don't know how it is now when it comes to what they call it Kane's Week. Do they even say Kane's Week? Do they even think about this rivalry? Because to have a rivalry, it's got to be competitive, doesn't it? And the Canes haven't been competitive against Florida State in quite some time. So the excitement level in South Florida, I don't feel it. The excitement level in Tallahassee, they're excited because their football team is really good. But about taking on the Canes, meh. I'm sure they just want to smoke them so they could talk more trash, but how much trash can you talk if 
these games are never close because one team is just so much better than the other. So even though it's Miami FSU week, and I know some people do care deeply about the Canes, some people do care deeply about the rivalry, it's just, gener- like, from a general standpoint, I don't think it's anywhere near what it used to be. Because I would play... And people would be fired up. Now, I think you hear that, and the only way you're fired up is if you're a Seminoles fan because your team is so good. During the 80s and 90s, when it was Bobby against Jimmy or Bobby against Erickson or Bobby against Butch, every single one of those games had major implications. Not just for one team, but for both. Not one team trying to play, you know, spoiler during a rebuild and the other going for the title. No. And Bobby Bowden and the Knowles never did a rebuild. Not that I can recall. They won 10 games every year and they lost to Miami because their kickers would mess up. Back then it was a big time rivalry. Now FSU's good. They're hot. And maybe Miami gets a participation trophy can the rivalry ever come back to the way it used to be it can but right now FSU's on another level if Miami can make themselves a top 10 team sometime in the near future then we're getting back somewhere where that level used to be at least get it back into prime time on ABC at least get college game day there. It'd be the only thing we'd talk about. We would talk about it the entire week, even if it wasn't a Dolphins bye week. There would be so much Canes talk. So it might get there eventually again, but right now, it's not FSU's fault. It's just that the Canes, they're not doing their part. And... Every time I or any Canes fan thinks like, okay, the U is coming back, they're back, here they are. And some of us may have thought that after the Canes beat Texas A&M handily. But as we see, the U is not back. And I don't know when the U will be back. I don't even know that the University of Miami has a real good game day coach. I would tend to think they don't. And if you don't have a good game day coach, how good can you ever be? Mario's got that $80 million contract. Mario is a good recruiter. The Canes definitely have talent. They're not loaded with talent, but they can get to that point where they are loaded with talent. But why, why would these top recruits all, like all of them, want to come to UM like they used to if the Canes are not even close to beating Florida State? And if you can't beat Florida State and you're losing other games, where are you going? I mean, you're, you're going to a bowl game, but what bowl game is it going to be? 
And as we've seen, maybe you're not even going to a bowl game. The recruits have got to at least see, and I know the Canes are getting some, but I'm talking about all of them, where you will watch NFL games and they're all saying, from the U, from the U, University of Miami, U. You don't hear that as much as you used to, and you barely hear it at all. I don't know when Miami's going to get back to those days, but right now I just hope they can at least keep it close, somewhat respectable, in Tallahassee, unless I wind up wagering big money on Florida State. You know this show is always all about honesty. And I can separate the two. But if I'm going to wager on a team, I'm going to wager on them because I believe this is what's going to happen. I can't submit a large wager on FSU minus 14 and a half. Come on here and say, I hope the Canes keep it close. I hope they can keep it to within at least 10. But I'd be lying. Why would I say that if I'm going to take FSU minus 14 and a half? I'm not saying I am taking FSU minus 14 and a half. I probably won't even wind up betting the game. Probably. But if I do, I'll... I'll I'll let you know. I don't know when I would do it, though. Maybe Saturday before the game, I guess, because I land in Miami. I'm in Medellin right now. I land in Miami around 10.30 a.m. on Saturday. So I'd still have time to get it in. I just look at the Canes, and I I look at Tyler Van Dyke, and I don't see how they stand a chance against Florida State. I don't see how they stand a chance to keep it to within – 14 or 15, but for their sake, what they're playing for now and recruiting wise, I think it's very important that they keep this game close. And speaking of close, you could be so close to gorgeous. If you head to Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, you'll be surrounded by Beautiful ladies who come from all over the world. You want to watch a game there at night? You could do it. They got lots of televisions. You'll be entertained during every commercial break. You can have your own private show during halftime, intermission, in between quarters, whenever you want. Dean's Gold is the place to be. There is no other gentleman's club like Dean's Gold. If you've been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you haven't been there, what the heck are you waiting for? Dean's Gold is open every single day from 8 p.m. all the way until 6 in the morning. Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, is located on the northeast corner of Northeast 163rd Street and Biscayne Boulevard that's in North Miami Beach. Surround yourself with beautiful women who come from all over the world. There's only one place in South Florida you could do that. Only one building. It's the ultimate gentleman's club. Dean's Gold. Now that I've been talking football, I might as well bring up the Miami Dolphins. Even though they're on a bye week, they're enjoying their bye week, I would not be surprised if some players are 
where I am right now in Colombia. That would be pretty smart of them. I read Tyreek Hill got married. So congratulations to Tyreek. Tyreek is not here in Medellin. Actually, Tyreek wrote on his uh, X feed this morning that he's stuck in Austin. He said, thanks, American Airlines. I'm stuck in Austin. Players should just start messaging me if they got any airline problems. I'll, I'll help them out. I got some pull. I know what I'm doing. Anyhow, Tyreek's married. He's not here in Medellin. He's stuck in Austin as of this morning, going somewhere. I'm sure he had a connection, Miami-Austin, uh, to somewhere else. Who knows? But Tua, Tua's been healthy. He's been healthy all season long. And there's plenty to be proud of with this Dolphins team. There's a lot to feel good about. I do hope that the Dolphins learned a big lesson from that game in Germany against Kansas City. A game which reaffirmed the correct premise that the Dolphins have not beaten anyone yet. Notice what I said, though. I said, have not. I didn't say could not. I said, have not. Because if you look at the record of the Dolphins' opponents, other than the Chargers, who are now 500, it's not good. So what is the differentiator? I'm glad you asked. Actually, you didn't ask. I asked. The Dolphins lost to the Chiefs 21-14. That last drive, the Dolphins got two brilliant runs from Raheem Mostert. They needed seven. They decided to start passing. And the two back-breaking plays, third down, two had some sort of mix-up with Cedric Wilson. Looks like it could have been good for six, but they couldn't connect. And then the play that many Dolphins fans were miserable about, fourth down, Tua can't handle the snap. Dolphins turn it over on downs, and that was the game. The lesson is against great teams, and I would say the defending Super Bowl champions fit into that category. There are going to be very few opportunities Just a few plays. You don't know when they're coming. But those few plays are going to be the deciding factor. And the difference between the ability to beat up on bad teams, which is good. Because all games, you know, they count the same. So it's not like you get half of a win or something. But the ability to beat up on bad teams is fantastic the ability to just beat a good team is even better. And on those decisive plays, if you can't get the job done, you're not going to beat a good football team. And the Dolphins haven't yet. I'm not saying they can't, but to date, they haven't. If Miami gets to 10 or 11 wins, they're going to go to the playoffs. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. And they should, really, they should get to 10 wins in their next four games. Nobody's going to check who those wins are against once they get in. If they win the AFC East, they win the AFC East. It doesn't matter who your wins were against. 
But here's what does matter. Getting in is one thing. Getting in is not their goal. If their goal is big, and that would mean contend for the AFC title, get to the AFC championship game and win that game, they're going to have to understand the little things are big things. Getting out of the huddle quickly, communicating properly in a hostile environment, the snap, all the details matter. And in order to get where they want to go, this team's got to clean a lot of stuff up. You got to be perfect with basic operations. When you're going up against a good team, you need to be perfect in that category. That area, you got to be perfect. If it's against the Broncos, you can mess up a little of those details. But the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Bills, and I think the Bills are going to annihilate Denver. I don't know if they'll put up a 70 spot, but I think the Bills who have been struggling, they're just going to go off against the Broncos. In case you're using that Hard Rock Bet app, I'm, I'm just saying. But when the Dolphins go up against these really good teams, the type of teams you'll see come playoff time, it will be one or two plays. You don't know when they're coming, but it will be one or two plays where that game will be decided. Are you winning or losing? Trust me, if the Chiefs game that we saw in Germany was a playoff game, we'd have a whole summer talking about the quarterback center exchange. That's the type of regret they would have. So it's a lesson for them. If they learn it, they'll be able to get over that hump. If they don't, if they keep making those tiny little mistakes against the good teams, the season's going to end with disappointment. It's like when I'm playing in a poker tournament, if I make a mistake, I learn from it. So in the next tournament, in a big tournament, I'm not going to make that mistake. This bye week for Miami is coming at a perfect time. They're in first place. They can feel good about what they've accomplished so far. They did just botch a potentially huge win. But I'm sure the Dolphins understand there's a lot of room to grow, and they're still in a very good spot right now. I won't even say it's a narrative about them not being able to beat a good team so far. It's not a narrative. It's not a talking point. It's a fact. It's just factual information. And if they don't like it, well, you got to wait until you face a good team and beat them. It's not Miami's fault the way the schedule broke. For instance, the Giants, they won a playoff game last season. But by the time the Dolphins played them, they were horrendous. The reality is you just play who's on your schedule and beat as many teams as you can. And if you can only beat teams that are 500 or worse, so be it. What else are you going to do? I'm not saying like you're okay with that, but the schedule is given to you. Here's your schedule. Now take care of business against bad football teams. And then when you've got your three good opponents at the end of the season, starting around Christmas, that is when we will really learn what this Dolphins team is about and what they're going to do.
But their job between now and then, just gobble up as many wins against the bad teams in front of you. That's all they can do at this point. It's a fact they haven't beaten a good team, but just pile up those W's. Get to 10 wins before you take on the Cowboys and then the Ravens and then the Buffalo Bills. That Buffalo game, it could be the game that decides the AFC East. Very well could be. What a what a tremendous game that would be at Hard Rock Stadium. That would be like a playoff game in itself. You can only control what's in front of you. But if we're talking about something financial, that's a bit different. You can get help. And that's why I always tell you about Trajan Wealth. In life, we all have goals. We've got life objectives, what we want to do. Maybe we want to travel more. Maybe you want to retire early. When you call Trajan Wealth, they are there to help you. They will do everything they possibly can to get you to achieve your life objective, whatever it may be. Trajan Wealth is locally in Palm Beach. Visit their site, TrajanWealth.com. That is TrajanWealth.com. Or you could pick up the phone and call them at 561-390-1000. That's 561-390-1000. It will cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. You may think you've got everything handled, but call Trajan Wealth. Get a hold of Trajan Wealth. Let them talk to you and let them design a plan that is based around your goals. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. The Miami Heat, they get their first road win of the season, which is good. They beat a bad Memphis team. They were without like eight guys, but the Heat did come out with a W. Even though they got dicey a bit late, they were messing around. But Jaime Jaquez Jr., he hit the dagger with seconds left to put the game away. That's not the story, though. Tyler Hero, ankle injury. Hero, after the game, said it's going to be a matter of weeks, and that's not good news for Miami. This road trip that they're on, they're playing 9 out of 10 on the road, back-to-backs. It's a brutal road trip. With perfect health, it would have been tough, but with no Tyler, where's the playmaking going to come from? Kyle was good last night. Josh Richardson, he wasn't. We'll get more into the heat as the season rolls along. That's all the time I got for this Thursday. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. We'll do it again tomorrow. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.